Hi, Megan. How you know? Just chilling in a room, listening to some ambient noise. Yeah, you know, just having a lot of fun listening to the neighbor's music. Excellent. And um, today we have a reason why we're not going to be able to get the sound quality we usually try to get on this podcast. Oh, is it because I'm looking at your actual face this yeah. time? Yeah. We're in yep. the same space. And for some reason it's Brooklyn, because that seemed like the smartest place to record. Yeah, we do very bad sound quality when we're together. Yes, we do. It's too bad. Oh, well. Um, we also have guests, which we're going to get to. Um, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, Amber. Why, thank you, Megan. You seem to want something from me. Your face is saying... Thank you for being here, Amber. Oh my god, Megan! You're welcome! It's my pleasure. We watched a movie called Almost Heroes today. Oh shit, yeah, we did do that. I actually forgot that we did that in the course of doing this. Yes, that's fair. I understand that. This movie, um, I am very impressed that I got the name right, because I have not been able to remember that. I want to say Almost Famous. It's Almost Heroes. That makes sense. Okay, that's fair. Because everybody knows about Almost Famous, or at least has an inkling that it was a movie that existed. Exactly. Almost Heroes happened, Mm -hmm. and then sort of was erased from history for everyone except for me and the person sitting next to me. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. So, um, quick rundown of what this movie's about. It's a comedy with Matthew Perry and Chris Farley, where they are Lewis and Clark and... You know, hilarity ensues. I mean, they're not. They they they're 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 going on the same expedition as yes. Lewis and Clark in an attempt to beat them to the Pacific Ocean. Right. It, they are, so they're not actually Lewis and right. Clark. They're farcical Lewis and Clark trying to beat actual farcical Lewis and Clark. Correct. Thank you. It's fun to correct you. I appreciate it. I assume you give me those options like intentionally to make me feel like I, I'm contributing. I, mm-hmm, absolutely. Thank you. This movie, um, Metacritic. Didn't bother to... Um, no, they didn't even review. look at critical reviews. They just pretended it didn't exist. Yep. It is uh, critic score 8 and audience score 64 on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm surprised <laughs> enough people watched it to then have a score, yeah. much less gave it positive enough reviews to get to 64. Yeah, it's the pretty The 8 amazing. is rough. The 8 is rough. <laughs> Talk about who made us watch this movie. Michael, Hi. Bad Movies Rock. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me open by saying I'm just so sorry. <laughs> um, but not sorry, because this is a movie that's actually really near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm a Chris Farley fan, uh, and uh, this, this movie hit me at a time when... Um, that kind of humor was good, still. Uh-huh. Yes, that's true. And it's super dated now, just like the, the period piece that it is. Um, but it's it still makes me, it still hits that note of nostalgia for me, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I, I totally get that. I I can't throw stones. I own this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we watched my digital copy oh, of my. Almost Heroes. <laughs> yes, that's which was... correct. As a 30-year-old woman, I was going through Amazon looking at the four ninety nine titles. Almost Heroes popped up at around page 60. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and look, it came into um, use all these years yeah. later. I think yeah. that same mentality is how they made the movie in the first place. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> we, also, we also got this guy. Yay! This fucking guy. Because we're recording in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and you know, in honor of Michael's visit, I was also able to rope my brother into watching this movie and recording with us. Hi, everybody. It's, it's nice to be here again. Yeah, welcome back, TJ. And, Hi, and TJ. I know you all missed me, um, and we have been did. listening in expectation of my return. Yes. It has come. <laughs> we have fans. <laughs> oh, dear God. The letters we get about you, TJ. Yeah. When's TJ coming back? <laughs> I will only listen to a TJ episode. <laughs> The it is come kind of, I feel like that's the exact sound and intonation I'm going to hear when you reveal yourself to be an agent of the apocalypse. <laughs> it is come. Time is nigh. The seventh seal has been <laughs> Almost heroes has been watched. <laughs> so I think it's an opportunity for me to make a second apology that his return has to be for this movie <laughs> and not for something a little bit more epic. Although this movie did try to it's, be epic. It did. It, did. It, it set itself up for a sequel. I know we'll get there eventually, but I think there should have been. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, there was yeah. one problem with that, which I think we'll also talk about. Oh, mm. yeah. Which they have since fixed because we can now do holograms. That's right. Oh, boy. Oh. Hologram technology. Mm. Yeah. 
So this movie was an um, 1998 movie. It is Chris Farley's last starring role, which is... Because he died. In case in case you're like a <laughs> yep. late stage millennial and you don't know who Chris Farley yeah. is. Mm-hmm. He lived, he was a candle that burned too bright. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. The amount of rage joy he could fit into <laughs> okay. everything he did. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Beverly Hills Ninja? Yes. What? Mm-hmm. That happened too. That happened too? <laughs> yeah. I have not seen Man was up to some ninja. shit in his lifetime. Did he, he, he had so much energy. So much energy. Got a lot done in a little time. There's no yeah, question about that's it. That's very true. Um, and I think they actually had to um, edit the movie differently because he passed while they were producing it. Oh, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So they had to kind of reconfigure and reconnoiter a few things. Yeah. Um, which, is, which will explain some of the reasons why I think critics <laughs> didn't like it because some things were narratively very choppy. Um, yeah. Hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Or that might have just been the script. You never can tell in a Farley movie. (laughs) So you never need to apologize for the movies that you like because Mm -hmm. as the title implies, we love the bad movies. There are no guilty pleasures on this show. There's just pleasure. Mm -hmm. And the acknowledgement that maybe we should feel guilty about it and we're not. We're Mm -hmm. unrepentant. Mm -hmm. We're the sociopaths of movie Mm -hmm. lovers. Yes. Oh. Okay, well then that means I need to leave. I think I'm in the wrong podcast. That's on the poster. I want to go to the apology podcast. (laughs) The whoopsie doodle cast. To be clear, 8%, I believe, is a is a record, a bad movies rock record. Am I correct? For sure. So yes. you, you've, you've contributed the baddest movie. I'm so gonna far. take okay, so my apology, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna just flip that. Taylor, yeah. you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Victory lap this morning. <laughs> yep. But not literally. Not no, there's not a lot no of space. Room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie starts out, the credits are epic. The credits are like <laughs> to a PBS documentary soundtrack of like Old frontiery, old westy, yeah, like Aaron Copeland and a western had a baby or something. Yeah, exactly. With watercolors of like Mm -hmm. vistas and like handwritten like old tiny notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yep. And the soundtrack from Sid Meier's Colonization. If anybody has played Mm -hmm. that, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) You, Kevin, who's listening, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Kevin. Thanks for listening, Kevin. Yeah, we are grateful, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it goes right into Chris Farley about to be hung for crimes unknown. Indecency, broadly, I think. Yeah. He drunken, made a, drunken indecency, right. essentially. And he forced an officer to waltz with him. Yeah, I would call, I was, I was, I was putting out the umbrella, the, de- the, the indecency, indecency umbrella, but okay. I agree that there were distinct things that they mentioned yeah. pre-hanging. It mm. seems like a pretty trivial crime to hang someone for. Yeah. Um, but not in civilized, gentlemanly society. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there, there's a woman who stops him in the street before he gets to the gallows who says, I hope Satan himself burns the flesh from your miserable bones. <laughs> <laughs> he just, she spits at him as she says yeah, she this. Does. <laughs> she does. And she he does. was like um, like a, a mental patient being dragged with, mm-hmm. with a straitjacket. Like, and he stops stone cold while she feeds him this line. Yep. And he just says... Good God, lady! <laughs> yes. And then she was gone. And, and then he went back to like flailing. Yes. yes, it was this insane foaming at the mouth, enraged, and then stone cold sober. Whoa! <laughs> Too far! Too far! Oh boy! It's an excellent introduction. We're here. It's a Farley. family hanging. All right, yes. let's wow. take it down a notch. Yes. There are children here. Well, coming coming to his rescue is none other than Matthew, Matthew Perry. Perry. Yeah, mm. not too fast though. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh no, no, sorry. That's how he's driving his. Horse. <laughs> yes, gotcha, yeah. Sorry, not him. His, <laughs> not me, him. Yeah. His slave was driving his horse. Yeah, he's a slave oh, pretty fast. Yeah. yeah well, except yeah. they don't actually introduce him as a slave. They don't even introduce him at they all. They don't introduce really? him at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's just Bokeem Woodbine happens to be driving the carriage that Matthew Perry happens to be in. Yep. And and he wants to go save this guy, but he doesn't also want to like be jostled too much on his mm-hmm. horse and buggy. Yes, make yeah. haste. A man's life is at stake, but not so much haste that we're uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, exactly. Let's keep right. It. So it they're is, setting the tone. You know what? I want to I want to I want to bring a, make a connection here. Yes. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Go on. 
Tell I me. Knew, like, I knew like, yes, that was a starting point. As, as an intro, I thought... The I've got her now. Say no more. Soul. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I love this movie. Introducing two characters. Mm-hmm. Starkly different people. Yes. How, how did they live? How did yeah. they live their lives? You've got, you've got, on the one hand, a stark, raving, mad lunatic who gets yep. drunk and is, and is about to be hanged. Yep. And on the other hand, a bit of a, a, a dandy... I don't know what mm-hmm. we call him in the, the, the appropriate term, but a very delicate, fragile man yep. who can't even really go fast in a cart right now. Yes. Um, and, like, and what is their conveyance? One is being dragged, one is rolling in a cart yeah. compared by someone else. You know, I think it's it's a lot of, it's like it's like the beginning of Hobbit and Child yeah. for me. I think you're absolutely right, TJ. That was deep. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that was, that mm-hmm. was super deep. Wow. Yeah. I feel like we can end the podcast on that. Now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, not just this episode, just the podcast. <laughs> yeah. done. All right. We beat movies every yeah. day. Yep. Just one. <laughs> he has come. <laughs> he told you. He told you he has come. He has come. <laughs> He was upfront about that. <laughs> I can only assume the writers of Hobbs and Shaw mostly drew from this movie. If we did a lot of our analysis, yeah, we'd absolutely. get to a, a one for one, I would say rewrite. Is it, is it a <laughs> devoted scene by scene remake? I think you're right. Wait! <gasps> but! Oh boy. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay, but! Oh boy, the look in Amber's eye. <laughs> I don't. I the just, end, don't Chris know. Farley, the eagle, the cliff. What does that remind oh you of? Oh my god! Oh, oh wow! Yes. Amber did it. Oh, the beginning and the end. It's book. It's, it's book ended with Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm. They don't know what we're talking about. We're talking amongst ourselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, listeners, just turn okay. this off. We've got a conversation out amongst ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice it this to is say, my first time on a podcast. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to tell the listener to stop listening. Oh. I could be wrong. Maybe that's what not the way that I do it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty okay. much, I think I front ended my debut with "You shouldn't be listening to this. That's, you have lives. Okay. You have a very antagonistic mm-hmm. relationship with our listeners, Dan. Yeah, and our podcast, mm-hmm. and you." And myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something's a common denominator. I have to live my truth. This is extreme, Amber. Mm-hmm. Fair. <laughs> if I go skiing in the jungle, I will jump for myself. Yes, I. I believe it. So, anyways, at the end of the movie, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, can come back to the. We're going to jump to the very end because I think it's important that we close off this Hobbs and Shaw thing at least for now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Farley is. He's there. They need to get, okay. So they're fighting. They're battling Lewis and Clark. It's a. It's yes. a. It's a sort first of race, race, to, race the, to the to the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, first one there, I guess, wins something. I don't know. They, anyway, so Chris Farley's got the flag and he's got to get down to the beach, but they're on a cliff and there's no way down. And so Chris Farley says, and, and so Chris Farley starts climbing, but that's not going to get him there fast enough. But then an eagle attacks him. And it's a recurring eagle that is attacked multiple times. And he grabs the eagle. They fight, and he grabs the eagle, and he flies off the cliff over the water, and eventually plummets into the water, securing the beach. Mm-hmm. Now, Megan, what does that remind you of? <laughs> that is so great. It's like he, he ran the football. All the way to the one-yard line. <laughs> and everyone's running behind him, cheering. And he just turns around and laterals it to the other team. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's lunch. Yeah, okay. I think we nailed it. Um, it reminds me of the end of Hobbs and Shaw, uh-huh. TJ. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Waterfalls, helicopters, things going off cliffs. Momentous endings, yeah. It's all well, it all comes together. And flying, yeah, no flying, flying. Yes. Something, something with wings or propellers yes. lifts somebody else into the air. Yes, and yep. off of a cliff. Yep, it's beautiful. It's an exact match. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, there are also indigenous people in Hobbs and Shaw. Whoa. Yes, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did go back to the island. Yep, that's true. I found that so this movie obviously colonialization manifest destiny you know they run into a few different native tribes and like the whole time i was like like a little bit like clenching my fists where i'm like oh boy this is gonna be that bad this is gonna be bad it was bad i'm not gonna say it wasn't it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be yeah honestly the the white people were the butt of the joke much more so than anyone else exactly yes um, and I, you know, the, the treatment of the one woman who's not actually native, but portraying a native person is very much, she's an object. She's literally an object. She comes in as not the wife of Eugene Levy, but right. the property of 
and then she just kind of gets handed around. Yes, yeah. She's that, that that introduction is amusing. It is they very very intentionally like Eugene Levy's French Trapper is like, oh no, she's not my wife. Mm-hmm. She is my property. I purchased her. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then she does not speak until an hour into the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I I wouldn't doubt that they were trying to say something by making it that blatant. It's oh, a joke, sure. but you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's it was it was a self awareness. Like they were aware yeah. of what they were doing, and then you see her naked, and then eventually she does speak in mm-hmm. order to profess her admiration for Matthew Perry and his utter lack of manliness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a turn on. Such a turn on. He's so soft like a baby. Mm-hmm. No shoulders to speak of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's into it. Yep. She's into it. She's just going to go from one to the other. It makes sense that she'd be attracted to a guy who's not trying to control her. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. his property. Yeah. yeah. He's you, ogling her a bit. He's super creepy. Yeah. Objectifying. Not, he's not a, a great person, but <laughs> in any way. <laughs> At all, but I'm just saying her showing some agency there yes. sort, sort of makes sense. Although he does he does have some loyalty to a woman he claims to be betrothed to who we mm-hmm. never meet because apparently she was cut out of the movie. Yeah, apparently that was supposed to be Parker Posey and she was cut out of the movie. Whoa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who right. knew? It does seem relevant. He yeah. mentions her a couple of times. You feel, you feel very unattached to her. You don't even know if she's real. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. imagined her. Yeah. My Canadian true. girlfriend. <laughs> yes. It definitely <laughs> reads like my Canadian yeah. girlfriend yeah. wouldn't like this. Yeah. And then he makes some comments about her being a savage ruled by her own yeah. something, something and I'm a good Christian man. Super rough. And she runs off and that's cool. But then she comes back. She comes right back. There's never an apology. Either. No. No. But she does have to nurse him back to health like a sick little baby, which mm-hmm. probably just reignites her passions for his delicate fragility. Yeah, so true. I would be I'd be loath to skip over some parts of this movie that were just so incredible. Um, the Hobbs and Shaw. This is not Hobbs and Shaw. This is the not Hobbs and Shaw inspired portion. The ten percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 well, small. not even like six percent of the movie <laughs> is not Hobbs and Shaw related. But one, the early on in the the film, um, they are having a campfire scene where they're trying to bond with each other, and there's these class differences between Matthew Perry's character <laughs> and the leftover ne'er do wells who still main, managed to come on this trip, and so they're going around the the, the campfire and they tell this story about. Uh, sheep shit, which is just <laughs> incredible. It is my favorite part of the movie, um, <laughs> by far. Anyway. Okay. Which I feel like I think I can reenact most of it. I, I would I, like. I would like to try. Please, anyway. please do. So, a uh, gentleman stands up and he tells a story about he and his brother and how they, after working hard on the farm one day, uh, his brother went down to the river while they were getting ready for dinner. And while he was gone, he took a piece of plum pie and he snuck two handfuls of sheep shit into the pie. And he's telling the story like very like, oh, this is a lovely pastime story. Matthew Perry's really into it until the sheep shit enters. And then he's like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he continues. He says, and when my brother came back, I invited him to partake of this pie. And he did. He ate the whole pie <laughs> shit pie. And everyone has a hearty laugh. Glorious laugh. And Matthew Perry's looking like, a, like this is well below his gentlemanly uh, aspirations or whatever. And, um, and then Chris Farley says, now tell him the best part. <laughs> and then the man stands back up and he's like, oh yeah, I almost forgot. Like, how could you forget what he's about to say? <laughs> And he stands up and he says, well, the truth is, I have no brother. It was me. I ate sheep shit. (laughs) I want to meet the man or woman who wrote that joke and just shake their hands so bad. That is so funny. Michael was out for the next five minutes. He was laughing. Mind you, I've watched this movie probably six or seven times. I knew exactly, I almost knew it verbatim then. I love that so much. That's so Why good. Why do you sneak sheep shit in your own body? Why? And why do you tell the story as if you did it to a non-existent brother? And the whole story is just, he's telling this idyllic pastoral scene. We decided to shelter under the shade of an elm yes, yes, yes. past. Mm-hmm. It's just... 
then sheep shit, then, oh, I'm insane, by the way. By the way, I don't know if you knew this. I hate sheep shit. I'm insane. I make my own fun. Oh, yep, so true. And that was all the bonding that happened that day. Yeah, yeah. They do a lot of, like, quick cuts from, like, it, it's almost SNL-y and, like, they're, like, yeah. you know, sketch, sketch, you know. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I had a funny idea. Okay, let's do that for about 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's teach him to hunt. Okay, you're going to go track some buffalo. And then we'll just have Chris Farley just smelling buffalo shit. And Matthew Perry like, ooh, is that how you can tell they're nearby? No, they're right over there. And then he just inhales it again like, <laughs> and lovingly because he's just really into the smell of buffalo shit. That's 20 seconds of the movie. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. cut, cut. Yeah. Never brought up again. Yeah, never brought up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all a slow, gradual development of these characters, right? Yes. Like they, they have Beautiful. these ins and outs and ups and downs. Like it's, it's a buddy comedy, obviously. And so by the time they get to Snake's Bend, mm-hmm. um, they actually split apart for a little bit. Um, and they meet the Spaniard uh, Hidalgo and yes. his crew. Uh, and while he's doing that, Chris Farley's off getting his tooth pulled for some reason and getting a bath <laughs> and like dumb stuff like that. Um, <laughs> But that's also where we meet my second favorite part of this, the movie is the um, the whorehouse. Oh, oh yes, I thought this was. I, this is another part where I was like, "Oh, they're they're going to a whorehouse. This is going to be very very bad." <laughs> it it is. It it's, was. It is. It's amazing though. Yeah. Um, they're invited to a whorehouse, um, and they're ushered into this room. It's a you know it's one of those. Parlors you would see from an old Western type movie. This is in the last settlement before the great frontier in the wilds. And lo and behold, the <clears throat> women are straw dolls <laughs> with really bad makeup. Life size. Life size. Yeah. Life size. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like like crudely drawn, like smiley faces. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the 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 crew kind of looks at each other like, um, and the, the proprietor's like, well, don't be shy. They may be whores, but they have their dignity. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dirty Man, who, who goes by Pratt, I just call him Dirty Man because he's just filthy the whole yep. time, mm-hmm. uh, takes off his hat and goes up and introduces himself to a straw woman. Yep. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's like this eloquent... Poet, as yes. he's talking to yep. her, which yes. I thought was really great. Might you be from the Oregon <coughs> Territories? <laughs> Have you relatives in Virginia? Yes. I think my favorite part was just the way they were positioned. There was, uh-huh. there was one in the back who had kind of hiked up her skirt oh. and placed oh, one leg upon a chair. Yes, oh, yeah, wow. very sultry. Very sultry, straw woman. <laughs> I wonder who went over that one. <laughs> um. There's, there's, um, this, uh, straw whorehouse burns down for reasons. <laughs> and, uh, Dirty Man... <laughs> Say you know he's he brings out his straw woman and he's just crying over her because she's like half burnt, um and he he then apparently brings her on the boat and tries to nurse her back to health and he says uh, to Matthew Perry at some point permission to check on the condition of my woman sir I want to check her bandages and see if she can keep some food down. <laughs> Edward says you're aware of course that this woman of yours is made of straw. <laughs> And Dirty Man says, oh, yes, sir. I figure that's why she burns so easily. <laughs> and see. Just to be clear, it's not even a rule of threes joke. That's it for this <laughs> this guy and his relationship with a straw woman. Yeah. Never comes back. You like wonder if it's going to have fruition at some point yeah. in the story. He'll use her for something. Nope. That's... I think he's, she's still on his backpack at the, oh, the final shot, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. I think on the beach yeah. as they've come to the Pacific Ocean. If I'm not mistaken, I think she's ah, on okay. And right. he does eat her when they run out of food. <laughs> I didn't even notice this. Wait, what? <laughs> In the Rocky Perry's, Mountains, yeah. Yeah, when Matthew Perry gets so sick. <laughs> oh, all right, they rule of threes it nicely then, I think. Okay. All right. Well played. You see him in the, in the <laughs> Wow. That's my favorite part so of the movie. Just follow the logic it. of that, right? He falls in love. I, he's the one who lit the fire, by the way, because he, he asked <laughs> if it was okay if he could if he smoke, smoke after. Yes. So, so, and I believed right. her. <laughs> She said I could, and I believed her. And then he brings her on the boat, and then he eats her. 
but then they're still together at the end. It's actually this is a yeah, secret romance yeah, movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there needs oh man, there needs to be so many sequels to this movie, but the Dirty Man, Straw Woman sequel, yeah. I think, has legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't because he no, ate he ate them. them. <laughs> yeah, they're burned and eaten. So. And that's a, is that the same guy who's running the ear experiment? Yes. Is that a, okay. yes. That's the same guy. Yeah. I mean, like the, you mean the experiment where he takes an ear and talks into it to see if the person who it belonged to can hear him? Yeah, that experiment, mm-hmm. yeah. And then if they can talk back to him is where Matthew Perry seems to draw the line. That's one of my favorite moments. He's like, this guy's been talking into this like ripped off ear for like at least a few days. I don't know, weeks maybe at this point. Yeah. And it like looks like it's in surprisingly good condition for a ripped off ear. True. And he's like talking into it because um, like, the other guy's gone missing. And Matthew Perry is like, you know that's not how it works. And then he's like, he realizes he's like, like he's like, he's like commit, he's like entered into the world where the ear is a walkie-talkie, but like only a one-way walkie-talkie. Because the guy's trying to hear it, the guy talk back to him, and that's where he's like, wait, that's not ah, damn it! I've now allowed the crazy to enter me. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. that poor guy. I, I thought he lost. I remembered him losing more pieces. Than I he thought does. he was gonna keep. That's another. Yeah, I thought he was gonna keep losing pieces. Yep. He gets yeah. shot. That he was the. That was the. That was the. There's a guy who has his ear ripped off and then loses a leg in a bear attack and then later is celebrating. Um, the fact that he's like, st- like he still is the one who's most committed to the mission. He's very earnest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as he's giving a speech, trying to rally everyone to be committed to the mission, he gets shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's very beautiful. Which is very deep blue sea. Ooh, that's very deep. Yeah, yeah. It's really inspired almost every movie. Every and, yeah, and beyond our canon is my is my guess yeah. now. I, it's Lord of the Rings. I mean, they're on a great quest, and mm-hmm. it's, it's all there. Yep, it's all laid there in front of it. I just wanted. <laughs> yep. Yes, this movie is inspired. <laughs> it's a beautiful, inspired film. It's inspired. I learned so much. <clears throat> I went on a journey myself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So when Matt, as Dirty Man's eating his um, straw bride, Matthew Perry's um, lying sick, and so Chris Farley has to go and get an eagle egg in order to um, uh, save her. Apparently, so um, he hikes down like miles back down out of the snow, and he climb, finds an eagle nest, which is like comically large eagle nest. Mm-hmm. And there's three eggs in there, you know, good, rule threes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he subsequently gets each and every eagle egg. In between, he decides that he, he's so hungry that he's going to have to eat the eagle egg that he fought so hard for. The, when he's up there, the eagle keeps attacking him. The same stock footage. The same <laughs> stock footage of this eagle is played three times in this movie. Which is like Lancelot running toward the castle and um, the Holy Grail. So this, again, oh. this is like, that's, oh. anyway, that's like reverse inspiring. Yeah. Movie. Just saying. Anyway, so. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this movie is time travel. Yeah, time travel. Yes. Absolutely. This movie exists in its own kernel of temporal fluidity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the first movie. It was the, <laughs> <scene>. <laughs> the last movie. <laughs> it was the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were saying how he kept like having to eat the egg. Yes. Well, he didn't have to. He just kept longingly <laughs> looking at those eggs. <laughs> Um, but he fights this eagle, and just every time the eagle comes to attack him, his face is delightful. Mm-hmm. He, he he gives good face. He, go, he goes full mm-hmm. Farley yeah. on, yeah. on that eagle. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, he eats all the, so he eats two of the eggs, but he gets the third one. He yeah. does. He the second back. egg, he, he tricks himself because he's like, no, I'm not going to eat this egg. And he goes and shoots like a moose or something. Yeah. And then he has the bacon in the pan. It's yep. an actual pig. He, he makes pig bacon. Oh, it was a, like, it's like a war. It was yeah. a war. Okay. And, but, so he has the, the bacon in the pan. He's all good. And then he's like, oh, but naturally you put an egg with the bacon. And, <laughs> and then it's like, shit. And then it shows him eating the egg just very despondently. Yeah. Right, to go back up that tree. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And that same eagle from that same stock yeah. footage, that same like, da-da-da-da, yeah. scary yeah. music and, is going to get me. And yeah. naturally, this could have been solved by just taking the three eggs on the first trip <laughs> up. Like that. <laughs> 
of course. So obviously, so that logic escaped them, of course. And, yep. Um, that's the same eagle that was referenced in the Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I guess it's been chasing him to get vengeance potentially. Yeah. Like tracking him yeah. the whole time. Yeah. 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 Presumably, or maybe it feels like it. He's chasing it because it had a nest with three mm. eggs at the top of this tree. That's fair. They all get taken. So what does it do? It flies to the Pacific Ocean. Oh, like, it's what's to be far the next safest him. place to be? Mm-hmm. A fucking cliff on the ocean. There are no people here. None of those white assholes are gonna take my eggs and eat mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you again? <laughs> Specifically the same guy? I'm a killing this time. <laughs> yeah. Now we need to talk about the deep thoughtful symbolism here of mm-hmm. uh, Chris Farley being attacked and killed by I mean they could have chose a hawk they could have mm-hmm. chose a condor yep a bunch of a bunch of doves a bunch of doves like 20 doves yeah yeah, yeah. something like that they chose an eagle and they show Chris Farley punching the eagle like boxing the eagle yeah, yeah. The, eagle. yeah the eagle literally shits on his face yes, at it one does. point mm-hmm. hmm. America. No, America. It's, it's colonialism, TJ. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> the, the eagle is the is the eagle colonialism, or is Chris Farley colonialism, and the eagle is something else? Both. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Why choose? When you can have both. But it's literally taking him out to sea and dropping him in the ocean. Is right. it to yeah. say I'm? Away I wash my hands of you. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like the bald eagle. Was appropriated like it's, uh-huh. it's it is indigenous mm-hmm. to this land, but it was appropriated as an American symbol of uh-huh. the very colonial empire that came and uh-huh. conquered and destroyed. But it's getting its last legs in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I shit on you. Fine, fuck it. You made it the Pacific. Drown in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and despite all of its efforts, they still the white man's team. We still almost we still we almost yeah we almost extincted the bomb as the as the white man on this podcast right now. <laughs> hey, let me go back to apology. <laughs> Stop this. Sorry. Between between the two of us, my brother and I do have a white person. Mm, that's true. That's true. We're and we're we're we also have a white lady. Yeah, so like we are predominantly yeah. white here right okay. now. Okay. We've yeah. got one whole minority split between mm. two people. Yeah. That's how it works. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> Based on the science that Thomas Jefferson himself pioneered. I, I, mm. I don't need to be like a know-it-all white lady about this. Well, technically, I think, <laughs> I think we're three-fifths ten, three uh-huh. total. Actually, let's oh, not even right. get into that. Like, that's yeah. right. Three-fifths. Oh god. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Just no, put my just put my microphone on mute. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing to do. Nothing to do here. Um, it reminds me of one of my favorite lines introducing the beginning of the movie, which is the priest um, says, "Let us bring love and tolerance to the ignorant, godless savages who await us." <laughs> <laughs> Late '90s awareness to yes, the of this movie, yeah. because their first encounter, not including encountering the property woman, which itself was a self-aware mm-hmm. gesture of like, "Oh, she's not my wife. I bought and paid for her." Yeah. If you see a white dude with a brown lady right around this time, chances are that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just be upfront about it. Yeah, they were pretty clear, clear about it. Yeah, and then the first tribe that they encounter. Chris Farley and Matthew Perry are, are you know, gr- greeted by this guy. They come out of their boats. This guy comes up to them, full regalia, and just stares at them and then slaps Matthew Perry in the face as he's slowly trying to explain what he wants from him. And then Chris Farley's like, let me give this a try. He talks slower and louder, gets slapped in the face. Then it becomes a slap fight. Then another man from the tribe approaches them and is like, hi, I'm the chief. Who are you and what do you want? Like, if you're the chief, who's that? That's Bentwig. He's not right in the head. <laughs> Such yep. a good scene. Why are you having a slap fight with this man? <laughs> and like shouting at him and screaming, "We come in peace!" <laughs> from, from from Thomas, Thomas Je- Jefferson. Yes. <laughs> Which is again very self-aware. It is. Yep. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We're gonna kill you. Cr- Christianity peace. does get uh, mocked. Is maybe too strong a word, but like it, it, they don't present it as like the know-it-all like we're coming in and replacing you like every time it's brought up somebody's forgetting how to do the cross correctly yep. or uh, reading the last rites at the wrong time mm-hmm. or um they have that weird little romance scene where um shaquana the the, na- the native woman slash object property um and matthew perry kind of like decide that they like each other or whatever and he says, well, I can't kiss you because, you know, you're a savage and it's just unchristian of me. And then she slaps him and walks away. Like, every time yeah. it's evoked, it's, like, instantly, like, yeah. uh, punished. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the whole concept of 
kind of the, 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 the trip west is entirely about Matthew Perry elevating his own status in mm. society and mm. like becoming famous and like beating Lewis and Clark is the entire purpose. And then they do, and it's ultimately pointless. And they're like, well, what now? I guess we go home. No, on to greater adventure. <laughs> Let's walk to Asia. Yeah. <laughs> All the way to Europe will Which, be in Paris yeah, by and, and that is, could be a statement on colonialism again in a way. Yes. It's sort oh, of yeah. like, let's keep, like, we've done something stupid already, like, like, and kind of, like, torn our way through civil, like, this whole area mm-hmm. um, as, like, a bunch of bumbling idiots. <laughs> let's just keep on going. Let's go. let's, yeah. We can do more. There's no, we, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no, no stop bounds. to where we can go. Yeah. Yep. We are not satisfied. <laughs> it is amazing that they survived this. this right? Movie. I, I, I mean, like, the miracle of this movie is the fact that the people who started, like, make it to actually finish their mission ahead of Lewis and Clark somehow and survive. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how they have food. Most of their boats were gone immediately. Yep. <laughs> like, yes. With yeah. supplies. Like, yeah. they just lose everything right out of the <laughs> yes. case. Yep. And yep. even the canoes yep. that they it, build, it, they it, drive it, off a waterfall. And yeah. those supplies uh-huh. were seeing, like, the blooper reel of their journey right like right, they actually yeah. are very competent and they just like selectively pulled out the times they look like idiots right but like chris yeah. Verlin must actually be very good frontiersman i think that probably the worst thing about the movie is the fact that the actual lewis and clark expedition really depended on the native woman in the group and yeah. she was a fucking badass woman who gave birth during the trip and then just had a baby she was nursing and taking care of while also keeping all of them from dying mm-hmm. and she kept all of them from dying, except for the one guy who got appendicitis. Like, that's insane. Hard to prevent. Right. Whereas in this expedition, she was just kind of a sex object. Yeah. But, Mm. yeah. 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 Like, so they, you know, it's... That's true. They could have have done that part better, too. It's like a missed opportunity in some ways to make her more, like, wise and, and like, keeping them alive. You could have just done that. It could have been very funny. It could have been very funny. Like, her sighing as she, like, pulls them up (laughs) to the next thing. Oh, yeah. It's like one dude falls on the boat. She's just like, oh, my God. And I'm nursing right now. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Jesus. That's the 2010 version of that movie, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They would have figured that out. Oh, I just want to say, like, uh, it's it's a tragedy that Chris Farley passed away in many ways. But one of the the tragedies is they didn't actually make... I love the premise of this movie is, like, here's... Let's do two people from history that no one gives a shit about, Lewis and Clark. And let's make a movie about two guys that aren't as good as they are. (laughs) Like, in every way. And so, like, I would love for that premise to have continued with Farley and Perry or, you know, like... <clears throat> like two dipshits who work for Thomas Edison or, you know, or uh-huh. like accidentally invent a light bulb or whatever. Um, or maybe like a moon themed one. Like maybe they, you know, they try to go space to the moon. Race, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. The poor man's space race. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just some, some other idea of them like almost being like, it's just interesting that like you're almost an interesting character. Mm-hmm. You're almost mm-hmm. done a, something good. A hero. You're almost a hero. <laughs> Oh, my God. And scene. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> and if we actually think about it, if Drunk History has taught me anything... And it has. When I've been bored and couldn't think of something else to watch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's that all of the people who are actually famous for things were really just very good at being assholes mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we know who Edison is, but he didn't actually invent oh. most of the shit he did. He was just a real good businessman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like in order to get great things done on a large scale and be known for it, you have to want to get great things done, yeah. really want to be famous for it, and have zero scruples about how to get there. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we know your name. Mm-hmm. I like knowing about the person who actually, like, hustled for it yeah. and still failed. Mm-hmm. That's a better story to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, be- I'm coming back to thank you. You're welcome again. You're welcome. Yes, no, thank you. Thank you so much, Michael, for reminding me this movie existed so that I could be both delighted and ashamed. Yep. Mm-hmm. But in good company. Mm-hmm. Oh, goddamn, Matthew Perry. You're so weird in this movie. So weird. He yeah. tried really hard. He like, tried so hard. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he played the character the way it was supposed to be played. For sure, yeah. And it was just this earnest odd character who never really talked he always sort of just elocuted he yeah. yelled the whole he movie the yeah whole movie. he yells every line it's amazing talking to his slave bokeem woodbine uh, about like i think i should wear the paisley robe tonight. <laughs> even that line yeah he's never taken it easy he's in a tub yeah, shouting yeah. about the paisley robe <laughs> oh that's actually a good moment too 
He's in his fancy tent, in his fancy tub at the very beginning of the expedition. Day mm. one, first night of camping. Chris Farley comes in and he's like, we're having a problem with morale with the men. So soon? In the first <laughs> night. Yeah. And I'm not going to say it exactly right, but Chris Farley says, yes, half the men thinks this has devolved into a money-grabbing profit scheme. And the other half are concerned about the general conceit of... I can't remember. Did you're you distant, write it down? I have, I have written this down. Okay, please good. Because it pleased me so deeply. <laughs> One faction thinks you've, you've grown cold and distant. Oh, yes. Another faction thinks the high-minded goals of the expedition have been abandoned for profits. Yes! This is coming from Farley. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah. what I like about it is it's like if you've worked at a company... It's a genuine leadership problem that happens to you all the time. Like, I'm just, like you see this all the time where, like, you're like, what happened? I've, it's been, like, three days. Why are my underlings, like, half of them are angry about opposite things? I don't even know what to, like, do with this information. <laughs> it's like a real leadership challenge. It just hits him right away, and it's amazing. Yep. And he has to try to go out and solve it. Yep. And that's, that's the why yeah. he is exposed to the sheep, sheep shit pie story. Oh and he immediately gives up on achieving either of the goals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to be able to bring this cat. Yes. It is it is delightful. He's in the tub, he's naked, he's selected the Paisley robe, and Chris Farley delivers these lines perfectly. It's, it's like his stone cold sober, like, good God, woman. Moments. Yes, yes, yeah. It's one of his lucid moments. Yes. Few lucid moments. And Matthew Perry, upon receiving this news, he's like super nonplussed about it. And Chris Farley kind of apologetic is like, you gotta stay on top of these things. <laughs> <laughs> Farley also, he shouldn't be funny. Especially, mm-hmm. like, and I, maybe he's just funny to me because I grew up on him. Like, I'm nostalgically, I, I remember Van Man from SNL. Yeah, wow. yeah. Matt Foley, I think. Was that the name yes. of the character? Was it? I think it was. Yeah. It's which, yeah. look it up, I'm not going to try and describe <laughs> it. But there's, there's a scene where Matthew Perry is teaching Chris Farley to read. It shouldn't be funny. I'm not sure it is, but in my heart I laugh. It is funny. And in my face does it too. (laughs) And you just have, you know, your your confident dandy Matthew Perry. He's holding this this small chalkboard and he, he writes an A. This is an uppercase A. And Chris Farley's like, you know, I went to school for a day, but they told me I just couldn't concentrate. Okay. Let's prove this them wrong, is, though. Yes. Let's, let's prove, prove them, them wrong, wrong huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. so eager. Like, yeah. yes. I'm to teach you, though. I got you. Yeah. And his hair is, like, perfectly smoothed for the first time. Yeah, he's not wearing he a hat. Yeah, all of a sudden, he's like this, he looks like a little schoolboy. Yes. He, the way he's sitting, too, sitting forward. is like his, his shoulders are bunched up into his cheeks, giving him, like, this, like, chipmunk look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so he's like, okay, uppercase A. All right. All right. And then Matthew Perry turns over the chalkboard and writes a lowercase a. This is a lowercase a. (laughs) (laughs) And that goes on for maybe a minute. Chris Farley saying no words. Trying to ingest this volume of information (laughs) and you can feel it happening. He's he's, he's just that good of an actor. Is it going to fit? Are both letters going to fit? He's not sure. He grips the chalkboard. (laughs) He pounds his head. He musses the hair. And it's just watching this scene unfold. (laughs) And then he storms out. That's enough! (laughs) Well, he's about to write, here's uppercase B. He's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) No! (laughs) But how can how can a man summon so much blood to his face over nothing mm. that is the genius of chris farley like mm-hmm. he can he can break out into a sweat and and flush full red mm-hmm. uh, at, a, at the drop of a hat he can yep. just do it in him and haw in such a deliriously psychotic delightful way that yeah. just beautiful ah chris farley yeah he did burn too bright he did. He did. I think your your listeners um, should, you know, I, I don't really control your podcast, but, you know, I'm saying words now so that I can control what they do. Everyone should send in their favorite Chris Farley moments and uh, and they'll talk about it on the next podcast. <laughs> sure, you're Look, I'm also a guest and I have no persuasion here, but I think we're going to, you know, this is now Fall, uh, Farley cast. Uh, <laughs> Farley cast. Yep. And so just your next Farley movie. Okay, yep. Beverly Hills Ninja. You said you haven't seen Great, it. Great, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no sway here. So. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at um, <laughs> at Bad Movies Rock on Twitter and uh, Bad Movies Rock Podcast at, at gmail.com. 
And now see farleyrocks.com. <laughs> this, I am not Justin. I'm not going to go buy that domain. <laughs> All right. So let's get to our ratings on the rock scale, Amber. Oh, hooray. The rock scale. It's my favorite thing. I know it is. Why are you doing this in front of company? <laughs> R is regrettable. O is outstanding. C is craze balls. And K is K. It makes perfect sense. Please use it. Mm-hmm. I really want you to use it. <laughs> okay, you can put the knife down. Um, uh, I, I would say R just a little bit because there's not sequels to this movie and it is regrettable that um, it's probably passed away before this movie. Mm-hmm. But I actually, um, I would rate this a oh, outstanding movie. I just... All right. The eviscerates, like, or not eviscerates. Well, oh, boy. <laughs> hold on. Okay. Whoa, Choice now, of words. Now who's got the knife? What's the word? It, yeah, give me that knife. Um, <clears throat> it, it sparks uh, a conversation as it did today, so it's done something good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Again, very combative. Yeah, like, yeah sorry. Out of the gates. Like, no one has a set any. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Again. Oh, he's defending sorry. the O. I'm sorry. It's seemingly assuming that the O is going to be challenged by someone. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm gonna have to give the movie a K. I'm, you know, uh, you know, with all, you know, I think, I think it's got some beautiful moments, um, and I think it, you know, it stands the test of time more than I thought when I when I saw it as a as a youth. Um, I, I thought it was hilarious, and I thought it would, uh, I thought it would be weaker now, um, and I think it still has a lot of strengths. I think Chris Farley's a beautiful man, and I, you know. Again, I agree with the, the note of regrettable, um, but yeah, you know, I, I come down on a K, and you know, and, 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 you know, for whatever reason, you can send send the hate mail um, addressed to me. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, TJ lives in. Uh, <laughs> <What>? Address <laughs> to the email address and just oh, attention me, attention okay, my name. Cool. <laughs> um, I'm gonna call this movie Crazy Balls. Um, I feel like just, I mean, he's sniffing. Buffalo dung, and then they cut away. Like, what is happening? We got it. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. I can see Chris Farley tries. Like, they get shot at at some point. Chris Farley lifts a um, I don't know, teacup-sized rock and puts it above his head as if that's going to shield him from bullets. <laughs> this movie's crazy, balls. That's a fair point. Okay, uh, it's a K. It's a, it's a strong K. Okay. Obviously, it, it is a part of my collection. Mm-hmm. I have fond mm-hmm. memories of it and Chris Farley. And even though this is a strange use of Matthew Perry, I think he does a good <laughs> yes, job being Chris Farley's desperate foil. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, no, it makes me laugh. It's very bizarre. I think it's a K because I have to be in the right mood for it. So it's right. like a K edging into C territory, but like yeah. mm-hmm. a C, generally speaking, if I watch it, I'm into it. Sure. Almost Heroes, I feel like I need the right moment. Okay. This was the right moment. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, you want me to ask him a question? Yes, oh. please. What? What? Oh. Am I supposed to ask if he wants to make a recommendation? No. Oh. oh, I'm supposed to ask him if he has an Abby story. Nope. Oh. I'm supposed to ask him if he wants some drugs. <laughs> That's Nia's story. Oh. Michael. Mm-hmm. You have a daughter. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. And your daughter's name is Sneha. That's right. And I know, I've known about her for quite some time. You have. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out, it turns out you have. That's a random fact for the <laughs> listeners. Amber's yeah. been aware of Sneha for quite a while. <laughs> um, he hid her from, from, him, from, from Amber for a couple of years, but she she hired a spy and got on the switch. <laughs> well, the truth is out, and there's no hiding it now. It's and now you know I know. Broadcast yeah. the world. Now you know I know. So, Michael. Yeah. Would you like to tell a story about your daughter, Sneha, who I know about? <laughs> I would love to. Um... Uh, Sneha, uh, well, I know you guys because, uh, we've, we've had a long relationship together, but you see me most often as your dungeon master. Yes. Which I promised I wouldn't make you roll dice or, or, or do initiative <laughs> at any point during the podcast. And I've held to that vow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my daughter's four. And so she saw me preparing for one of our next sessions. And I do that on my, on this big monitor on my desk and. She sat down on my lap and she said, I want to play your monster game, Daddy. Oh. And I said, 
fuck yeah. <laughs> I covered her ears first. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. And I opened up a Google slide document and, um, and I started asking her, like, who, who do you want your character to be? And we went on Google Images and she uh, looked at all these different images and she picked the one that looked most like a child, which I thought was really cute. And th- by picking images and, like, I'd give her little prompts and she would make these little choices, we ended up doing a and d session with my four-year-old and it was awesome. And, uh, and I immediately emailed it to all of you guys and I'm like, I did the cutest thing in the world with my daughter! Um, so it was super awesome and she was just delighted and... Uh, she'd seen us play several times when she crawled out of bed when she wasn't supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And saw me like with my headset on, acting like an idiot. So mm-hmm. I think she's been curious for a long time. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that was adorable. And the slides were adorable. She made excellent choices. <laughs> she did good choices, yeah. She yeah. can be in our campaign. She killed a Kraken with a fireball. I yeah, mean, she did. Yeah. My four-year-old daughter yeah. killed a Kraken with a fireball. Wow. I don't care how much ballet your daughter knows <laughs> or how, <laughs> how many gymnastics lessons your daughter knows. My daughter killed a Kraken with a fireball. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. No big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Thank you for your Sneha story. You're welcome. That was fantastic. And I'm glad I thought to ask you for it. Yes. <laughs> it's really important to pay attention to the needs wow. of our guests. Well, and I was just going to say, so you really took the message of colonialism by the way you appropriated that prompt. I don't know what you're talking about. I discovered it on my own. I took the initiative Mm -hmm. and discovered what it was she wanted me to say. (laughs) And then I said it, which makes me great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's yours now. It's mine now. Statue pending. TM, TM. TM, TM. There you go. Megan. Yes, Amber. (laughs) (laughs) Look into my eyes. Yeah, I am. I I can't look away. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are. Would you like to do an Abby story? I would like to do an Abby story. Um, So, um... I took Abby to school today, and um, as we were driving to school, she kept pointing out the um, school buses we were passing, and then she would say, hi, kids. (laughs) Have a good day, kids. (laughs) Okay. Bye, kids. To, like, a dozen school buses. (laughs) Okay. It was super adorable. Uh-huh. Yep. It's good that she well-wished all of them. She did, yeah. She's just giving them her thoughts and prayers for a good school day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That's very nice of her. And at what point did she defeat a Kraken with a fireball? Oh, boy. Ooh. Now it's a... Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, wow. It's on. Abby and Sneha are friends, which are. I think you revealed on a previous podcast. I did. That, about the hug that was I heard did. around the world. Yeah, <laughs> it was a beautiful hug. Yeah. Yeah. The hug tackle. Yeah. It was fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. They can be friends for now, but I will defend to the hilt. Oh, boy. The cuteness of my daughter vis a vis. It is a competition, Michael, it so is. I understand. A, I mean, let's not, be, let's not kid ourselves. It, it's a competition. And you're winning, I assume. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm the DM, so <laughs> you've got one choice. <laughs> um, for recommendations, Amber and I, I believe, are going to recommend going to a live show of the Adventure Zone. Yeah. Okay. We, we went last night. And yeah, we did. It was super fun. Um, <laughs> I still have not recommended the Adventure Zone <laughs> podcast. No. I want to no, get that clear. Circumspectly <laughs> refused to do that. Um, so we went to the live taping of it. Um, it is in Brooklyn. It's packed. It's, you know, we had to walk down this huge line of folks to, um, get in line and you're just passing all these people who have dressed as characters from the show, from the different arcs of the show. It was just beautiful. There was a really happy energy the whole time. And, um, in the, in the, in the theater, whenever, Anybody rolled dice, it was an applause moment, whether it was snake eyes or double sixes. <laughs> um, yeah, it was I, It was super fun. Yeah, the sheer volume of the crowd was brain buzzing. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, they, there was a definite... We were in line for a very, very long time. We had to walk several blocks to get to the end of the line and then walk back those blocks to get into the theater. And while we were very close to the theater, we had gotten into a very intense conversation about how much we loved Justified. Oh, that's right. And we were telling it to Michael, who has not seen Justified. Uh And finally, there was a couple in front of us and, and the woman turned around and said, I have been trying to get my husband to watch Justified 
for so long, and I just keep wanting to say yes, what they're saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. It was that kind of crap. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I turned to the husband like, I still don't know. Because <laughs> 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 I have to watch Justified now. Yeah. Uh, can I do a recommendation? Yes, please. Oh, that's cool. No, just invite like... yourself. Like, don't wait for us to do it. I'm I, glad you feel I, so comfortable. I okay? also took the lessons of colonialization. <laughs> <laughs> so, feeling very comfortable in the space all of a sudden. Um, um, well, this is really funny because my recommendation is to play Terraforming Mars. <laughs> um, which my wife and I took up recently. It's a tabletop board game uh, where you play a corporation Wow, this is really on the nose. I did not think of it this far ahead. I just really have enjoyed playing this game with my wife lately. It must feel very natural to you. Yeah. Well, it does. Like, I belong here. Put this tile there. Add some points there. Um, it's a super fun game to play uh, with two people. You can play There's a solo version. There's not a lot of board games you can play by yourself. Um, but I definitely recommend you play it um, with, with a friend or a couple friends and... It's just a really well-constructed game. Like, there's always interesting decisions to make on every turn, and uh, luck plays a little bit of a role. But if you know, if you're pretty savvy, everyone has a fighting chance, and um, it's just it's just a really fun game to play. Thomas, brother yeah. of mine. Everyone's staring at me. You guys can't see it, but it's happening. Um, <laughs> I would like to recommend climbing a tree. <laughs> oh, he hasn't thought of it. To he hasn't thought of it yet. Grab an eagle's egg. Okay. Well, I would not. <laughs> I just saw this documentary called Almost Heroes. <laughs> I believe their eggs are delicious, especially when fresh. I recommend everyone, whether you're, no matter what your age is, if you're a child, if you're an adult, uh, no, if you're old, yep. if you're infirm, Super get out there, yeah. climb a tree, nope. get an eagle's you're egg, get a suit. eat that eagle's egg, and we stand by nope. whatever happens, we, our fault. We do this not. podcast, nope, nope. we back <laughs> in. Nope. Legally uh, liable. Oh, That's the name of our new podcast. No, fuck. <laughs> yep. Okay. He, we, eagle's know. egg omelet. That's my recommendation. <laughs> Best with uh, a small amount of chives. As sort of a garnish. Use an American flag as a napkin. No, don't do that. <laughs> we just lost a lot of listeners. <laughs> You may want to cut out the recommendation that I did not prepare at all. (laughs) Dear God Almighty. If anybody listened to this podcast, we'd be in trouble. (laughs) But I stand by what my brother said, because no one does! (laughs) Alright, I do not stand by that, and, uh... Climb that tree. Oh, no, don't. Climb that egg. Please don't. <laughs> I know we're, we're trying to wrap up. I would like to plug my podcast real quick, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a, a rival podcast to this one called What You Talking About, Willis. Um, punctuation here is key. It's What You Talking About, question mark, Willis. It's a Bruce Willis exclusive podcast. Oh. Yeah. Um, which I think we're going to do a crossover at some point yeah. because we're going to have to talk about um, the Die Hard 3 Yes. Movie is going to have yeah. to happen at some point. Yeah, we've already done that over at which talking about Willis. Sure, of course. Uh, yeah, and dissected it thoroughly, but we'll yeah we'll open that one back up and yep. share it with you guys. Um, and we, we're going to do the other two in the Almost Heroes trilogy, right? Which is um, the last nine yards. The whole nine. No, the whole nine, nine yards. Yeah, damn it, and the last man standing. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, you guys, and, and the other order because it goes uh, right. Lewis and Clark, then it goes Last Man Standing. 1994 Bruce Willis film mm-hmm. in the Old West, Prohibition era, um, and then uh, The Whole Nine Yards, vaguely 1990-something, I yeah. think. Oh, so chronologically, in the order of what the movies are about. Yes. It's right. Exactly. Well, there's this whole, yeah. you know, uh, almost hero cinematic universe that they created mm-hmm. with the, not the knowing H-U. that they were yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That all tracks? Yeah. That's so, canon. I look forward to that partnership between... Bad movies rocking. Yeah, we already did a Bruce Willis movie. So, uh, did you? Get yeah, you haven't heard it yet. Copyright for me. Okay, well, you'll be hearing from my lawyers. Well, we don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be hearing. <laughs> well, good day. Maybe sending emails into the void. Then <laughs> that's all this is. Really, if you think about it. Well, we get to end the podcast now because there's yep. nothing else that's going to happen and we can just say goodbye. So I've goodbye, everybody. Yeah. Thank on, you so much for being I here. Need, I just, oh God. I need to end the podcast. Well, I'm trying to do that in a sane and practical way. Mm-hmm. By saying what I always say at the end of every podcast. We have company. Amber? Mm.
it's still rock and roll to me. Oh. I liked it. It was nice. Now I'm being really ganged book, up. Really kept it, now they're ganging up on me. I, they kept I it don't off. like it. Yeah. I, it felt like it kept mm-hmm. it off cleanly when you said yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't and even buddy. imagine a, this podcast nope. have existed without this. Podcast is over. We're done. It's all rock and roll to me. We're done. Bye, Amber. Bye, Megan. You two are dead to me. Mm-hmm.